Hello and welcome to the Civil Disobedience Podcast. I'm the host, Casey, and today we're going to be talking about the Department of Defense's vaccine mandate. So this DOD mandate podcast that we're going to be doing, it can also tie into the civilian side, especially in regards to the COVID vaccine and FDA approval. But I wanted to focus on the DOD because of how they're treating their soldiers how the, and sailors and airmen and marines and really wanted to dive into that and so last august secretary of defense lloyd austin issued a memo requiring all service members to be vaccinated and i'm going to go through that memo and talk about some of the we'll say highlights so he says with the support of the president I have determined that mandatory vaccination against coronavirus disease 2019, COVID-19, is necessary to protect the force and defend the American people. And so this order to get vaccinated came from the Secretary of Defense, not President Biden, which is a actual legal distinction within the military because a president can issue certain mandates that the Secretary of Defense cannot. And so this one specifically came from the Secretary of Defense. And to to kind of solidify that, he says, I therefore direct the secretaries of the military departments to immediately begin full vaccination. So I did this with the support of the president. And so with, with those guidelines we're going to go in here and he talks about how soldiers service members are going to be fully vaccinated at two weeks after the second dose of their vaccine and or after the first dose of the if it's a single dose vaccine but specifically in the memo it says those with previous covid19 infections are not considered fully vaccinated So that brings me to a few points where previous infection would grant the service member natural immunity and something that military regulations points out that natural immunity counts as immunity, but the Secretary of Defense is saying that it does not count in this in this situation or this instance for some reason but going to army regulation 40-562 it says screening for immunity for some vaccine preventable vaccine preventable diseases serologic or other tests can be used to identify pre-existing immunity from prior infections or immunizations that may eliminate unnecessary immunizations and so Lloyd Austin is just kind of going into some pretty gray area for for stuff like this when natural immunity would definitely be a factor and based on the news and everything that's been coming out lately it's natural immunity is the way to go anyway if you want to be protected and so not only is this in the regulations but there's one of the many lawsuits against the DOD about these vaccine mandates involves natural immunity and the DOD's violation of its own regulations. Because this is just, that one I read was just the army regulation. There's gonna, each service is gonna have its own regulations in regards to those things, but the DOD is violating these regulations. 
And so the memo continues, mandatory vaccination against COVID-19 will only use COVID-19 vaccines that receive full licensure from the Food and Drug Administration, or the FDA, in accordance with FDA-approved labeling and guidance. So, the DOD can only force servicemen to get an FDA-approved vaccine. And so, this is where a big can of worms gets opened. So, we can only use an FDA-approved vaccine and that FDA approved because an emergency use authorization vaccine, you can't force a soldier, airman, marine, whoever it be, to take it if you are the Secretary of Defense. The President can, Secretary of Defense cannot. And with an EUA vaccine, emergency use, use authorization vaccine, you need to give informed consent. And the informed consent is actually a pretty, pretty big thing. So on the NIH website, it says informed consent is a process in which a healthcare provider educates a patient about the risks, benefits, and alternatives of a given procedure or intervention. The patient must be competent to make a voluntary decision about whether to undergo the procedure or intervention. Informed consent is both an ethical and legal obligation of medical practitioners in the U.S. and originates from the patient's right to direct what happens to their body. And the following are the required elements for documentation of the informed consent discussion. One, the nature of the procedure, two, the risks and benefits of the procedure, three, reasonable alternatives, four, risks and benefits of alternatives, and five, assessment of the patient's understanding of elements one through four. So it is the obligation of the provider to make it clear to the patient is, to make it clear that the patient is participating in the decision-making process and avoid making the patient feel forced to agree with the provider. So with regards to that informed consent, we're going <laughs> to dive into what's go been going on with some of these with these vaccines. So Pfizer originally um, created the BioNTech vaccine, and that's the one that they were using up until last August when they had the Comirnaty version of their vaccine, which was the one that was FDA approved. So the BioNTech version of Pfizer is the EUA vaccine. Comirnaty is the FDA approved version of the vaccine. So on the FDA's website, it says that the BioNTech and Comirnaty vaccines are legally distinct with certain differences. So they are two separate vaccines. And I know I'm kind of reading a lot in this podcast just because I want to get the verbiage right. And in case you were wondering if I do any editing or anything like that based on the um, the ums and the so's and everything like that that I've got going on, the answer is no. So it's kind of just raw today as I go through this and just read a bunch of this jargon. And I guess this I should also clarify I'm not giving any medical advice or... Uh, legal advice or any of that, go do your own homework, go research this, use DuckDuckGo, use Google, do all that stuff because you have to say things like that now because people are dumb. All right, but going back to the 
topic at hand. So the Comirnaty and BioNTech legally distinct with certain differences. And so looking at the formulation and the ingredients list between those two, the ingredient list is different. The amounts of certain ingredients is different. They're, they're not the same. Solidifies the fact that they are two separate vaccines and legally distinct and different. So the, ex the excuse or the, the reasoning behind, no, they have to use the Pfizer vaccine because they're interchangeable. That's the argument that's being used. But for these vaccines to be interchangeable, they need to be biosimilar. And that means that they need to show through a bunch of testing studies that they have the same clinical results and that there are no clinical differences between the products and their safety, purity, potency, everything like that, where it's not going, they have the exact same risk factor, switching between the two drugs is not going to create any issues for the patient, and it's thoroughly studied, thoroughly backed up, research, everything like that, which, based on the fact that these vaccines got pushed through super fast and got record fast approval for, from the FDA and that there's still studies outstanding, that hasn't happened. And so to clarify that it hasn't happened, go to the FDA and their purple book on the Comirnaty vaccine. And the purple, bu purple book is a database of licensed biological products. So you can look up any product and it'll tell you the interchangeable vaccines, intercha interchangeable medications, the biosimilars, anything like that. So when you look up the Comirnaty vaccine, under biosimilars, it says no biosimilar data at this time. And under interchangeables, it says no interchangeable data at this time. So solidifying the fact that there are a total of zero biosimilars and zero interchangeable vaccines for the drug Comirnaty. And the BioNTech is still authorized as an emergency use, not, not emergency use, emergency use authorization vaccine. And so to further solidify that, in one of the many lawsuits against the DOD and Lloyd Austin, the lawsuit Doe versus Austin, Doe being 18 service members that are suing the DOD and Lloyd Austin, the judge in that case said the DOD's interpretation is unconvincing. For starters, FDA licensure does not retroactively apply to vials shipped before BLA approval. So not only does the FDA admit there's no interchangeable vaccines, there's no biosimilar vaccines, a judge also said, hey, if whatever has been produced prior to the FDA approval, that's still an FDA, or sorry, that's still an EUA vaccine. Just because it's now approved, it doesn't retroactively approve anything. So in other words, you can't triple stamp a double stamp, Lloyd, figure it out. All right, so forget BioNTech. 
it's obviously still an EUA vaccine. Let's force the service members to get the Comirnaty vaccine because that's the one that's approved. So that's what we're gonna do. So we're gonna go ahead and go to the FDA, or sorry, the CDC's website and see what they have to say about the Comirnaty vaccine. When you go and look at it, it says, Comirnaty products are not available at this time. Hmm, okay, that's weird. And then you go and say, see what it says from Pfizer. Pfizer at this, at present, does not plan to produce any product with these new NDCs. That's the Comirnaty uh, nomenclature and labels over the next few months while EUA authorized product is still available and being made available for US distribution. So Pfizer, the manufacturer for the Comirnaty vaccine says it's not available and pretty much they don't know when they're gonna make it because there's so much of the BioNTech vaccine out there, they're just gonna use that. And so adding yet again another layer to that in the military, they have in their master medical catalog where the services order medications and vaccines and everything like that, the blog Terminal CWO was able to get screenshots of that master catalog showing that the Comirnaty vaccine is not available. So the services cannot even or can't order the Comirnaty vaccine. One and only one reason behind that being it doesn't exist. It's not there. Pfizer says we don't have a plan to produce it and we're not going we don't know when when if we will. So going back to the memo because how much fun is that? So going back, it says that uh, mandatory vaccination requirements will be implemented consistent with DOD instructions and the DOD immunization program. And so within that, DOD is pretty much saying, hey, we're gonna follow our own set of rules and we have these, that's what we're gonna do. But based on what I said, and again, I say, go do your own homework, look all this stuff up on Google or DuckDuckGo, preferably you're probably gonna get better results there, but look it up for yourself, it's all there. And so they're saying, we're gonna play by the rules, we're gonna do all this by our own regulations, but they're already violating those regulations by mandating soldiers get an emergency youth emergency use authorization vaccine, keep saying youth, but one of the other factors is that within the regulation, the opportunity and option of a medical exemption and a religious exemption. The difficult thing with, with that, and the services have been pretty, pretty strict on these medical and religious exemptions. So medical exemptions, I mean, if you wanted to get one outright, maybe you could prove that you had a heart attack, stroke, or you were diagnosed with myocarditis, pericarditis, had severe allergic reactions to some of the ingredients in these vaccines, but 
they're just kind of blanket denying a lot of these things and kind of looking for any reason they can to deny a soldier's exemptions. And especially when it comes to religious exemptions, that's been happening as well with the Navy and Marines and Air Force, where they've just been doing a blanket denial of these religious exemptions and these soldiers that have filed and sent up these religious exemption packets. And so one of the things that we should t touch on is the idiotic idea and idiotic opinion that soldiers give up their rights when they join the service. No, that's not true. And if that were the case, what rights are they going to give up? And who's going to say which rights that they give up? Is the government or you, somebody, John Smith down the street, are they going to go up to this, these service members and say, hey, you join the you join the military, so you don't have access to the Second Amendment, the First Amendment, any of those things. That's ridiculous. And but I mean, by all means, go ahead, go tell some service members they don't have access to the Second Amendment, even though these are the ones that swear an oath to protect the Constitution. It would only make sense that the Constitution is there to protect them as well, and that actually that idea is solidified in this case and the case between navy seals and the dod and the reason that they were suing is because of the religious accommodation and religious discrimination but the judge in that case issued an injunction saying the navy service members in this case seek to vindicate the very freedoms they have sacrificed so much to protect the COVID-19 pandemic provides the government no license to abrogate those freedoms. There is no COVID-19 exemption to the First Amendment. There is no military exclusion from our Constitution. So, kind of wrap it up because that's the majority of like the memo that I'm going to talk about. But to, to wrap it up, this order from the DOD and from Secretary of Defense is illegal. It's an illegal order and they are forcing soldiers to take an EUA vaccine or face, in, in some instances, discharge, in some instances, um, administrative discipline, and in some instances, administrative discipline that's just a career ender and they're going to go nowhere or they are going to get a bar of reenlistment, meaning they can't reenlist again, or they're going to be barred from going to schools, barred from promotion, or could be a mixture of all of those things. And not to mention the violations of the soldiers' medical rights and religious freedoms. And so, and then going back to the DOD violating its own regulations in regards to the issuing of this order and the execution of this order. And and just want to be clear that it's not a small number of servicemen that are seeking to have these exemptions and that have filed or sent up these packets, exemption packets, whether they be for religious or uh, medical purposes. Or, you know, in some instances, there's been service members that just flat out refused to obey the Ill illegal order and they're getting kicked out. But it's, it's tens of thousands, tens of thousands of these service members are in the same boat where they're 
trying to educate commanders. They're trying to educate their enlisted leaders. They're trying to do the right thing by pointing out the hypocrisy and the legality, or should, I guess I should say the illegality of this order. And one of the main, I guess, drivers and one of the main excuses that the DOD has for issuing the this vaccine is that it's going to help help the readiness, help the, the readiness throughout the force, meaning that the soldiers are going to be healthy, they're going to be able to go out and fight at a moment's notice when the, the country needs them and all that rah-rah, hoorah, mumbo-jumbo. But in the same breath, they're okay kicking out tens of thousands of service members from the military. So you have to get you have to get vaccinated so we have strong readiness. But if you don't, we're going to kick you out because we don't care. We don't care about you. So by doing that, tens of thousands, it would deplete the military of vast, vast experience, vast knowledge, and leadership. And how's that going to help the readiness? So you're going to kick out tens of thousands of soldiers, airmen, marines, seamen, all that stuff. And, and what? that's going to make you a better, stronger force. It would take years and decades to replace that kind of knowledge and that kind of experience throughout the force and throughout the military. But it's okay, because you know the Army, they've, they've got a plan for it that they put out today, a $50,000 enlistment bonus. So, you know, even though their retention and recruitment numbers are down, they're gonna go out and they're gonna get the, they're gonna get the biggest, the best and brightest out there with that that $50,000 carrot that they're going to dangle in front of people even though soldiers are going to get it they're going to come in they're going to join they're going to get that that $50,000 bonus except for it's going to be I don't know maybe closer to 30 35 because the government's going to tax it and they're not going to get the full thing or and that's if it's a lump sum bonus or they're going to spread out that $50,000 over the the course of the soldier's career or I mean sorry their first contract and so they'll get that bonus every portions of that bonus every few years or once they meet certain metrics or anything like that but I mean all that's going to do you can put money in some kid's pocket and some 19 year old kid never learned anything about money he's going to go out a lot in Oklahoma Go buy a sweet Dodge Charger, 18% interest, rack up that debt, go and yeah, and just, you know, live the dream, live that army dream. But going off on a going off on a, a tangent, but it's kind of ridiculous how how these senior leaders I mean, the senior leaders, the ones in the DOD, the, the, top, the top brass, the top enlisted, all these guys, they have to know. They have to know what they're doing is wrong, is illegal, immoral. Others are probably complicit. Others are ignorant. They don't know. They don't know the illegality of this order. And, you know, there's going to be those others that just don't care as long as they get that, that next promotion. But for an organization that prides itself on order and discipline it's kind of embarrassing that we have this much of a lack of leadership and we have 
all of these people pushing for something that is illegal. But and I know so I know I know this podcast was a little bit of a rant and I don't know I kind of probably jumped around a little bit and jumbled some thoughts and and everything but hope for the most part it was clear hope for the most part you guys see see where I'm coming from see the the research that was was done into it and again go do your own research look into it especially if you're in this service and start questioning start questioning things look at things different and if you did get something out of it just ask that you that you share it with a friend family member something like that you can follow my facebook page it's a, at civil disobedience podcast i'm on on instagram um because of the content of this um podcast i'll probably get some kind of a shadow ban when i post it on there so um anyway but thanks for listening thanks for putting up with this kind of unedited version of a rant and we'll see you on the next episode thanks